at iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com. What is it? Two seconds. I had to look at my post that I checked that there. <laughs> In fairness, she hadn't been feeling well um, about two weeks ago and she was coughing that much and getting herself all upset. She was sick on the floor downstairs and it wasn't like chunky or food sick. It was just... It was just kind of glut and that, so it was all fine. I was I was uh, cleaning it up, and then I just seen this stringy bit that looked like bogies, and I was like, "No, that's me." <laughs> and I says, "Daddy will be back in a second," and I went and spewed in the toilet. <laughs> what a way to open the podcast! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh dear dear I can't breathe <laughs> you're hopeless man absolutely hopeless I can deal so with the number twos I just can't deal with you oh dear dear the <laughs> and the stadium erupts in red white and blue you've never seen anything like it Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? I'm very well, Derek. I'm just out of the shower. I'm smelling lovely, smelling a zingy lemon and tea tree original source shower gel. You can just sort of smell it coming through the airwaves. I don't know what to say about that, to be honest. <laughs> are, you, this... are, you, are you one of these fancy mango and passion fruit type guys, Derek? Is that, is that what you're trying to tell me? No, I'm the, the mint, the strong mint one. So, oh, is it? Ah, see, ah, yeah. they, 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 there you go. That's that's the stuff that, that leaves your skin tingling. Is that right? Well, your skin, your your arms, your balls. You you there would be somewhere you'd be putting that green stuff over your body. There, there you go. Nah, it's the only place for for green stuff in my house <laughs> on my balls. <laughs> I don't know what that even means, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should swiftly move on Exactly, yes So we've got three games to cover this episode And fortunately it's good results And one decent result But I'll get into later on Once we cover yep. the Bromby game as well So we may as well go down the tunnel And onto the pitch The first game we've got to cover is Sunday the 31st of October, the 6-1 demolition away against Motherwell in the Premiership. So we lined up with four changes from the two each draw with Aberdeen. We lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Balogun, Bassey, Arfield, Davis, Kamara, Aribo, Sakala and Morelis. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, Lundstrom, Hadji, Roof, Wright, Patterson and Simpson. So Dave, all that I can really say about this one on the offset is... Once again, we went a goal down and they like to put us through the ringer. <laughs> I know, Derek, it's just every single game we're to say to ourselves, there's like a pattern emerging. You know, it's just like, for God's sake, don't make any stupid mistakes. 
basically that's all I'm looking for Derek, I'm just looking for us not to make any stupid defensive howlers, don't give the ball away cheaply and it's just no, it's no getting through is it? No, I mean the first half it was the Jekyll and Hyde of our team yep. in the first half by far the best team we were fully on top but the final third was absolutely woeful and a mistake at the back was our undoing and that mistake came on the 13th minute it all stems from a long ball from Motherwell up to our box. Tavernier and Goldson had all the time in the world to deal with it. A complete miscommunication between the both of them. They didn't know who to go for it. Goldson ends up trying to header it back to McGregor, but he hits it, ended up going wide for a corner. The short corner was whipped in, into the attacker, who was in acres of space, who heads the ball towards the bottom right, and a great diving save from McGregor, who spills it when the attacker follows it up and shoots it into the net from a tight angle. So just a calamity of errors all round there. All stems though from the absolute piss poor defensive blunder really from Goldson and Tavernier though The whole thing Derek, the whole thing I mean me and you spoke about this when we did the post-match reaction I mean it's so easy just for one of them to take control of that to start off, so easy for Goldson to roar at Tav to say leave it it's mine or vice versa but the two of them just look at each other and then they think shit Warriors needs to deal with this, the ball needlessly gets put out for a corner and then for the corner as well, poor Markin, and then a fantastic save by McGregor, hoping that one of their defenders would clear the line. And the biggest guy on the park, defender Beavis Mugabe, his name is, biggest guy in the park, can't he miss him? He's able just to steamroller in at the back post and lash the ball home with nobody near him at all, Derek. Just poor all round for start to finish. Really, really sloppy goal to concede. I mean, the McGregor save was an outstanding save, yep. don't get me wrong. You can't blame him for, for spilling it there because it was a great save. But where was the marking up of the, the, the player that, as you said, Mugabe at yep. the back there, one of the biggest guys in the field? Yep. Nobody nobody tracking him at all. And yep. that's that's why you have, attackers have these players in these positions to, to mop up any spillages. I don't know why we don't do it and we can't seem to do it. But again, it's one of these things put a player on the post, it would have would have prevented McGregor having to make a save like that in the first place and the ball wouldn't have been spilled. I don't know why. No, and we were so good at it last season, having somebody on the post, you know, to, to mop these things up. But for some reason this year, it's, you know, it's just not happening. It's, it's not been in the defensive game plan at all. No. So from thereafter, we dominated possession. However, as usual, the final third was a case of getting to the wing, crossing, header away and repeat. There was no inventiveness. It was largely crosses to, to one attacker who was surrounded by about three or five defenders. Tom Miller and Ian Durant, who were on comms, kept saying that Tavernier's crossing was exceptional. His crossing was rarely finding his man at that point. There was no point putting them into dangerous areas if the players are not in the area. It all then becomes a bit of hit and hope from him and relying on the law of averages to for his crossing to actually work there. However, However. on the, for, on the 42nd minute, he completely redeems himself by yep. scoring an absolute thunder bastard. Bassey on the left, it was a deep cross to the far side of the box and an absolute pile driver, stunning daisy cutter volley into the bottom left corner by Tavernier. An absolute peach of a goal. Oh, Derek, it was perfect. Totally perfect. He struck it with so much power and accuracy. No goalkeeper could have saved that one. It was a tremendous goal and that's the James Tavernier that we have been looking for, isn't it? It was excellent. It was a fantastic goal all round. We've seen it last season, loads, one full back to the other full back. That's exactly what it was there and uh, absolutely delighted to be back. 1-1 at that stage, you know, before half time. 
Yes, and then he wasn't finished because on the 46 minute, four minutes later, we made it 2-1 and it was Sakala getting his first of the game. It was a quick break, Tavernier down the right, a stunning long ball, finds Sakala in the middle and heads it in at the back of it. Just another great goal, what a delivery from Tavernier. And again, that's the kind of quality we're looking for him all game. Yep, and take nothing away from Sakala, Derek. What a leap, you know, he's not the biggest guy, he's got an average height. But the height that he got up there and the power, I've watched the goal back a few times and it's just, you know, textbook stuff. Technique was just absolutely fantastic. Rose above his man and bulleted the header. You saw exactly his eyes were right on where he was wanting the goal. And even although it was close to the goalkeeper, it was so accurate and, you know, so powerful, the header, the Sakala. Keeper wasn't saving that either. It was a tremendous goal all, all round. And as you say, Tav, what a ball and tremendous. Yes. Going into the second half, looking for more of the way we finished up that half as well. And we certainly got that and more because what a performance in the second half. That was us having our Rangers back right from the kickoff from the second half. We were hungry for more. There was only one team in it and we were absolutely on fire. In the 62nd minute, Sakala got his brace and we made it 3 1. It was a break up the park. The ball passed to Sakala on the edge of the box on the left. He cuts inside, hits a shot from the edge of the box, which took a deflection and into the back of the net. And my mates take the piss out of me for saying this, but I don't care. That's what happens when you ha- when you have a shot. It could go anywhere, and fortunately it did in this case. Yep, no, that's exactly, Derek. We keep saying that we should be having shots, you know, for just about every angle, because as you say, you never know what could happen. Could actually go in, you know, on target, or, you know, there could be a deflection here, even if it's to go out for a corner or something. It's always a chance that it's going to give you the upper hand, and delighted for him getting his second goal as well. Tremendous. Yes, 67th minute certainly wasn't the turning point of the game because the game was pretty much done and dusted by that point. However, Motherwell's O'Donnell gets his second yellow card. It was a lunch challenge on Aribo when they were going down the left side on the outside of the box. He can't have any complaints whatsoever, although no. I'm sure people did, didn't they? Yeah, pro- probably yes, but no, no. It was a it was his second booting, Derek. It was a clear foul and a clear yellow card, so absolutely no complaints there. No. 71st minute, Morelos off and roof on, and then the 75th minute, we made it 4-1 with Kamara scoring. It was a short corner by Tavernier, pass back to him, pass to Kamara from 20 yards who shoots right through the defence and into the near post. I'm not too sure. I've seen a few replays. It might have taken a slight nick off one of the defenders, but certainly it was all Kamara hitting the shot. Yep, fantastic. He always scores a good goal. Doesn't he score many, Derek? But again, you know, the the space opened up for him. He went for it. I actually think it was a really a- a- accurate shot by him, Derek. So I'm going to get, give him all, all the praise. He saw, saw the gap in there. Hit his shot excellently taken and, you know, fantastic. We're in dreamland at that point. It's just just like what you said, Derek, that's what we're expecting for, from our Rangers team. It was it was just great to watch. Yeah. So thereafter, it was certainly a time to bring on a couple of substitutions because on the 77th minute, Balogun came off and Simpson came on. 82nd minute, Aribo off and Wright came on. And what was amazing is the fact that we just were relentless in this game. That was what we seen last year, going for it from the from the off, going for the jugular and not giving up even when we're, the game's clearly done because in the 85th minute we went 5-1 with Sakala scoring his hat-trick. It was patient build-up, ends in Davis getting the ball on the left side of the box, a lovely ball to the right side where Sakala drops his marker, beats the offside and volleys it into the net and off the inside of the left post and then a stunning goal. It really was. He had a lot of work to do at taking that accuracy and skill to do that. Brilliant. 
Yep, tre- tremendous goal, Derek, and for taking the, n- nothing away for, for, for the finish at all. You know, it was just t- total a- a- awareness by him. I think when we saw it at first, it looked a wee bit as if it was like slow motion, wasn't it? But absolutely delighted for him. Absolutely tremendous goal for him, and will do his his confidence a world of good as well. And again, fantastic scoreline at that point. Just what we've been looking for. Yep, but we still weren't finished though because in the 90th minute there was a stunning save from the Motherwell keeper after Wright gets the ball on the left, he cuts inside yep. and there's a curling effort at the edge of the box and it was a good save and then again we still weren't finished because a minute later we made it 6-1 and it was Roof that scored the resulting corner from that that chance there was it was taken by Tavernier from the right, played into the middle Simpson gets a good head to it it may have been sneaking in off oh, the left it side it was 100% <laughs> and Roof is totally but Go greedy there. I'd have yeah. been raging if I'd have been. <laughs> and Roof ends up hitting it in with the follow up run as well. Yep. So he, he looked very subdued in his, his uh, <laughs> celebrations there. So I'm not too sure if that was a bit of guilt or he wasn't too sure if it was oh, offside or not. Raging. You imagine that if you'd hit that header and you were seeing it flying in and then you saw a poacher sliding in to claim the goal for himself I would have been absolutely fuming if I was Simpson but 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 there you go as long as the ball's in the back of the net Derek and it counted and you know a tremendous scoreline especially away from home a bit disappointed for Simpson there because he's needing something like that to to kind of <laughs> just get his confidence <laughs> up <laughs> but you know again it's another Roof has they given a fuck as his goal <laughs> but again it's another tally for Roof I mean his <laughs> goals per games record is, is phenomenal so uh, certainly the new Morales in the making right there yeah, but still, is he the new <laughs> Kyogo, Derek? <laughs> oh, he doesn't go down like a sack of shit, though, does he? Well, no, that's that's one thing. There's not been a lot said about that. Surprise, surprise, but yeah, there you go. Exactly. Anyway, Sakala getting his hat-trick, and uh, this is his first ever hat-trick in his career, I think, if that's the case. However, I looked back on it, it was our first hat-trick in a t- just over two years. The last yeah, person to score a hat-trick was Jermaine Defoe. Oh, that's incredible. I, I didn't re- re- realise it was that long. If you think about it, though, Derek, especially last season, the goals were flowing from nearly every position last year. There was goals, you know, the midfielders were scoring, the front three was scoring, their defenders, you know, especially James Ta- Tavernier were scoring goals. Connor Goldson got in on the act quite a few times as well. So, you know, maybe not that surprising, but delighted for him, Derek, because he really does look as if he's, you know, absolutely loving it and going by everything Stephen Gerrard said about him, you know, infectious personality and everybody just, you know, thinks he's fantastic. So d- delighted for the guy and scored a couple of absolute crackers there. You, you can't take it away there. You know, they, they weren't sort of poachers' goals. I mean, even as, as I say, when we're talking about the last one, the, the awareness that he got, and I mean, that was a top, top finish, you know, from a really, really difficult angle. So, no, absolutely d- delighted for, for the guy. We, that That's what we want. We want our strikers on forum that's what we've been missing haven't we yeah absolutely however his performance drew the congratulations from the Zambian president yeah. and Sakala reciprocated by presenting the Zambian president with a signed Rangers top and scarf while he was in Glasgow for Fantastic. Cold 26 so outstanding I mean who cannot love that big smile from him exactly tremendous absolutely yes. brilliant 
So that was, you know, an outstanding performance in the end. Again, the concerns are still there. The fact that we're, you know, going a goal down and and silly mistakes at the back, but we'll get into them in the next games as well. Because the next game, Thursday, the 4th of November, it was a one-each draw away against Bromby in the Europa League Group A Game 4. Now, before we get into the actual game, there was obviously crowd issues as well. Some great scenes during the day with the fans and the police joining in, happy to pose for pictures and, you know, pictures with their hats and the police, everybody was having a good time. The police were having a good time. Rangers fans were having a good time. Everything was jovial until the fans got to the stadium. Now, the fans were told to get to the stadium for a certain time as full searches will be carried out and there will only be two turnstiles open. Well, from all reports, there was only one turnstile open and then it was closed. Then there was full riot cops who just started ladling into fans for no reason. From one of the videos I saw that fans were all bunched up towards the entrance. A lot of them had their hands in the air showing that they were doing nothing, absolutely nothing. And the riot cops started to hit the fans with batons for some weird reason. Now, it's the, like them or loathe them, it's the one thing that you, you've got to praise the Scottish police for is crowd control. They know how to handle a big crowd like that. Whether you like it or not, they do that perfectly. One thing is when fans are bunched up like that and you want them to move back, you need to move the people at the back first because if they don't move, then all that's going to happen is what happens there and it's got a potential massive danger for crushing as well. So it was piss poor from the, the cops there. There was also scenes during the game inside the stadium as well where some of the Bronby Ultras tried to attack the corporate away fans. However, the police were, were quickly ushered in and chased them away. And then at the end, it was probably even worse because the away buses were meant to be in a certain area. The police moved them without telling anyone and when fans asked where they need to go, the riot cops started to ladle them as well. Absolutely disgraceful from the Danish police there. There was absolutely no need for that whatsoever. And the problem is though Dave I don't know who's got the jurisdiction over this because I don't think UEFA or the clubs will be able to do anything about that and somebody needs to take a stand because it's not the first time that's happened no, when nothing's no. been going on and the away continental police have just been oh football fans were just going to run right into them and, and beat them up Derek, I, I, I know stories from uh, guys that, I mean, this type of behaviour has been going on for years, you know, in, in Europe, away from home. I mean, I know someone a long t- time ago that used to actually be a policeman himself and he was away from home and it was when we played in Spain. But he was, uh, I mean, the police were, were out in force there. He actually showed one of them the fact they had his ID. He showed them that he was police and the guy still pulled his, his, his bat and the, 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 the police officer and, and, and battered him, do you know what I mean? And that was, you know, a guy that's a serving police officer. So what chance have, you know, the rest of us got, you know, if we're in that situation, if, you know, these, you know, if, if, if the police are out there and they're being heavy handed, it's, it's an absolute nightmare. I would like to think that there's going to be some official complaints made. As you say, you don't know where the, the jurisdiction is, but this needs to at least to be highlighted. The club needs to be coming out and saying something, at least issuing a statement to UEFA or whoever with regards to this. But I realise, as you say, Bronby as a, a club themselves will have nothing to do with it because it's nothing to do with them. And then it, it comes down to the police force out there. And you, you know that, that, that nothing will happen there, Derek, but it's just a poor show. And just even for, for for this to be acknowledged, I think would at least be something. Might not come to much, but at least if there was a, an, an acknowledgement. But but really, really poor show once again. And as you say, Derek, it happens. 
nearly every single year we get horrible stories like that happening. So I hope that there was nobody seriously injured there that were just over to watch their team play, but it's a, it's a poor, poor show. Absolutely, yeah. So in terms of the game, there was one change from the Motherwell games, and that was Barisic in for Bassey. And we lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Balogun, Barisic, Arfield, Davis, Kamara, Aribo, Sakala, and Morelis. On the subs bench, we had McLaughlin, McCrory, Bassey, Lundstrom, Aji, Kent, Patterson, Bakuna, Wright, Roof, and Kelly. Great bench. <laughs> Great bench, yeah. I think it was, well, uh, when you get into the game, Derek, it was the strength of the bench that the reason that, that we managed to get a result of some sort was just because of the, the, the strength and depth that it had on the bench, but I'll yeah. let you get, get get into the game. Yeah. So, as per usual, we started off the first 10 minutes on fire with a high yep. tempo pressing, and then we seemed to sit back, let Bronby come at us, and then try and hit them on the break. Bronby were getting a lot of possession, however, they were never testing McGregor. We were making chances, although we weren't clinical enough. Our ball retention, however, was absolutely shocking in the first half of this game. And we did actually, though, have the ball in the back of the net on the fifth minute, and it was Tavernier from, with a corner from the right, Morelis with a header into the back of the net at the back post. However, it was ruled not a goal. No clarification as to no. why it was never given. However, the replay, which wasn't a VAR replay by the look of it, it did show that the ball may have swung out of play when the corner was taken. So that might have been the reason for it. That's what we're all guessing. But there was yes. no, no VAR details, was there? Exactly. No, no, there wasn't, Derek. And, and you're saying the, 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 the replay, the replay was sketchy at best. Mm-hmm. Let's be perfectly honest. There was no, there, there was nothing there, and I thought for, for ages. I thought, you know, surely, surely they're going to have to be a full check on here, and we're going to get to see the full details of this. But nothing. The game just sort of rumbled on, and then it was like, you know, that's the check over and no goal. So I just, I found that very strange because I don't think it was conclusive, but. You know, we've we've got to go with the hand that we're dealt there, unfortunately, yeah. and it was still nil nil. I mean, apparently goal line technology is only for the literal goal line. It's not in place for the the rest of the goal line there. And for me, the ball didn't look as if it was fully all the way over the line. So you can't have one rule for the touchline and one rule for the goal line in that respect. So uh, we'll just deal with it, as as you said. We did have a few chances from set pieces ending up and over the bar, or it was a comfortable save from the keeper. Bronby were getting into our box and being crowded out with some good work by our defence. Our best chance was arguably on the 22nd minute when Arfield to Morelos, who has a shot at the edge of the box, and it was just by the post. Their best chance up until their goal was on the 35th minute where it was some an absolute shocking attempted back pass uh, to McGregor. I can't remember who it was who'd done it. McGregor had to come charging out to kick it at the edge of the box. It cannoned back off the attacker he nearly got the break of the ball but it was deemed to have used his hands to to control the ball so we kind of got a wee bit fortunate there just shocking back passes again however we outdone ourselves right in the the end of the first half and Bromby went 1-0 up on the 45th minute a corner in from the left flicked on at the near post by their attacker and headed into the back of the net by Balogun it would have been a stunning goal if Balogun was up the other end because I don't know what he was thinking he just directed (laughs) it right into our net again though had there been a player on the post at that point, it might have not went in. I honestly don't know what Balogun was trying to do, Derek. Was he trying to get it, head it over? Was he trying to head it past the post out for a corner because it was way off because it was right in the centre of the goal that the ball ended up? I'm, I, honestly, I still don't know what it was that he was thinking that he was trying to do with it. I get the feeling that he was thinking that he was going to head it past the post and out for another corner. 
But Faye, he just completely misjudged that and, you know, it ended up in the back of the net. And again, we're all absolutely raging because, you know, it's their own fault, it's their own doing and another stupid mistake. And as you say as well, Derek, bad marking again. And, you know, that's us back to being a goal down, especially away from home in Europe against a potentially tricky opponent. At that point in the game also was a disaster because up until that point, you said that Bromby were getting a lot of the ball, but not really doing anything with it. And I still had a good feeling that we could have nicked something. But, you know, when that went in, I knew we had a mountain to climb after that. And it was just just poor all round, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I felt we were actually fairly decent defensively up until that point. And I think if we had been a wee bit more switched on up front, a wee bit more clinical, as you said, we may have nicked a goal. But as usual, we outdo ourselves. And at the second half, though, and I had no sound or certainly no commentary for most of the, the half anyway. 53rd minute, there was a corner in from the right from Bronby. The attacker jumps up and heads it, falls to another one of their players in space who has a shot and a great save off the legs of our defender yep. out for the corner. The corner was dealt with and that was enough for Gerard to do something that was very unlike him because he made a triple substitution yes. on the 55th minute. Morelos, Arfield and Sakala off, Hadji, Kent and Roof on. So certainly it was an attacking move, I would have said Hadji and Kent, you know, the known providers of their team as well and Roof always deadly there as well. Morelos was poor up until that point, mind you. So we'll obviously have to see, wait and see what happened there. 62nd minute corner in from the left, header back into the middle by Goldson and Balogun with a half volley but right at the keeper really unlucky technique was perfect as well for you know for a guy that's a centre half that was in the back of the net if it hadn't have taken that you know deflection or you know charge down so really unlucky there yeah 72nd minute Davis off and Bakuna on and the 76th minute my stream went down and in typical fashion when my stream's down we score (laughs) excellent and Hadji made it one each. It was a lovely ball down the right, a superb given goal with Kent, who gets forward into the centre just outside the box, threads a ball to Hadji on the right of the box, who had drifted in unmarked, who hits a shot into the back of it. This is the kind of skill that we've seen from last season from the players. That was an incisive break, all the way up, one-touch play, outstanding because I'd, I'd seen a replay I can't remember what game it was but somebody had posted a, a very similar goal to that on Twitter today and we done that time and time again last yep. season against teams in Europe against teams domestically as well this incisive quick breakaway to score a class goal like that Derek as soon as Ryan Kent did that I was absolutely going mental because of this and I've been saying it for how long I don't know, you know, for ages, ever since Kent's been out, even when Kent was playing and he wasn't everybody was saying, oh, he's off forum, blah, blah, blah. Ryan Kent, even in half forum, will cause so many problems for defences. The way that he just runs at the defence, the defender did not know if Kent was going to go inside, if he was going to go to the outside, what he was going to do. He completely fooled them. It was the perfect wee flick ball out to Hadji and all credit to Nace Hadji. That was a finish and a half. The type of thing that we know that he's capable of, we just don't see often enough, Derek. But it was a tremendous goal, as you say. We had done, we completely caught them flat-footed and, uh, you know, back into the game. And at that stage, I thought, this is a spark. We're going to go in and win this here because, you know, just the, the impact that those players had just coming on not that long before. It was it was super fantastic goal. Yeah, I mean, I think, was this Kent's first game back as well? Yep. So Yes, it was. And he certainly, in that very short time, it showed how... 
how vital he can be for the team, which yes. is great when he's there and he's playing. However, it leaves me very concerned, and we'll get into the next game as well. I'm concerned the fact that we rely so much on him because you know a couple of seasons ago we were like that with with Morelos for for goals. I don't want to get us back into the thing into the habit of relying on one player to to be a creative outlet like that. So it's a concern, but we'll we'll take it for this game anyway. 81st minute, Barisic off, Bassi on, and the final chance of the game was on the 92nd minute. It was a corner in from the left, header onto Roof at the front post, and he ends up heading it into the side netting. That was a glaring chance there, but you know you can forgive him for. for yeah, that. and I, I thought for a split second it was in as well, Derek. When I saw the net bulge, I thought. That's in, but unfortunately, as you say, it was the side net, and so uh, I, I'm unlucky with that one. Yeah, so it leaves us on four points joint with uh, Sparta Prague in the group. It's going to be an uphill battle. I'll get into that point in a second. But one thing I, I, I texted you about the other day, Dave, in Gerard's presser, he said something that was quite strange, I felt, because he was talking about the substitutions that he made, and he made the point of saying that he made them. Yeah, he's never normally done that before, from no. my recollection. He's always, you know, just said the substitutions were made. He twice he said it in that presser. It was almost as if he was at pains to say it was my decision to do the three yeah. substitutions and yep. look, it worked. It's almost as if he was trying to say something. I don't know if it is, is it maybe a wee dig, Derek, at someone. Is it, I honestly don't know. As you said, that's a strange one. I, it didn't it didn't dawn on me at first. It wasn't until you put pointed it out that I thought, you know, that's that's right. He doesn't usually come away with stuff like that. But I a, a bit of a strange one sounded to me like it was a wee dig. But we'll never know, Derek. But just a, a strange uh, circumstance there that he came away with that one. Yeah, and the next point here as well, Dave, is I did get called Mr. Doomsday on Twitter <laughs> for this point. I forgot about that. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. I read that, Derek, and I was pissing myself laughing. I must have been absolutely brilliant. Yes, but, you know, it's, so the game has now left us going into the last two games. We've still got a chance to qualify. That's that's great. I'm, I'm not taking that away at all, considering we lost our first two games. However, we're now into the stage where we're going to be playing Sparta Prague next and then Leon, which we're not expecting to take anything from Leon, if be, truth be told, because I think they're sitting on 12 points in, in that group. So they've qualified, they've got nothing to play for, and that's the only thing that we've got going in our favour, is the fact that they might make a few changes and put a lesson side out, and we might get something from a game that way. However, the fact that we never beat Bronby, who are the four-seeded team in the group, for us now to be guaranteed to qualify for the next round, if we beat Sparta Prague, it means we need to beat them by two clear goals. Now, as I've said on that tweet, Dave, after that game, we had only scored two goals or more in 10 of the 22 games so far. We had only beat a team by two or more goals in six of those 22 games this season so far. So, considering we're not scoring goals freely enough, we are leaking goals at the back. And the fact, as much as we think we're maybe better... We've certainly not shown anything in Europe this season so far that tells me otherwise that we're going to walk over them in this game. Plus as well, they beat us in the last game. So it's just a bit of realism, the fact that, you know, we it's going to be an uphill battle to win by two clear goals to guarantee. And I know people have said the fact that, well, even if we had won against Bromby, we'd have still needed to beat Sparta Prague to be absolutely 100% guaranteed just the way the fixtures worked out. Well, yeah, that's correct. But having to beat them by one goal is a completely different story to having to beat them by two clear goals, isn't it, Dave? Derek, I think 
going by the way that we've played in Europe over the last few seasons, even, you know, Stephen Gerrard's first season and, you know, first and second season in charge, we play better against the teams that are on paper the better teams against us and when we're coming up against teams that we're expected to play it's us that are the ones that are struggling for some reason it's, it's, it's quite strange to see hopeful that we, we will win the game You've, you you brought up two points there the, the, the fact that we are not scoring a lot of goals up until recently so I mean that's good that that's you know hopefully it's starting to change the defensive thing for me is the biggest worry. That's that's the, the the biggest worry for me at all. And again, we keep going on about it. It seems to be our own doing. It seems to be stupid mistakes, not concentrating. And we're not used to that at all. And that's what's worrying me the most, Derek. I could see us going out and scoring a couple of goals against Sparta Prague in the next game, but I could also see us conceding a couple of really stupid goals against them also. That's the biggest concern for me. Until the players get that right on the park, I think we're going to struggle. And I know it sounds like me that's been Mr Doomsday here with that, but it's, it's definitely the defensive mistakes that are costing us, Derek, because if the defence is rock solid at the back, completely watertight, 99% of the time we'll win our games and we'll do what we've got to do. But it's the defence for me that's, that's letting the team down just now. Yeah, I mean, it's not so much, it's just as much the defence. I mean, we'll get into the next game here. There's been a couple of issues in midfield that have ultimately started the, the poor playoff, and it's it's then put the defence on the back foot, yeah. having to try yeah. and defend that. So it's it's a shambles the way we're giving away goals, and we were never like that before. And so, or we certainly weren't like that last season, but we're like that two seasons ago, mind you. So um, we'll just need to wait and see. But that's my thoughts on it anyway. It's going to yeah. be an uphill battle. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not being Mr. Doomsday as as well, you know, people well, say. Yeah. Well, <laughs> people are being a wee bit too optimistic, and there's no reason to be that optimistic given our, our form this year. So it leaves us into the next game now, which was a 4 2 win against Ross County in the Premiership. Again, before the game, no Ross County fans were in attendance as Ross County wanted a red zone as they had COVID issues. Not all players or staff were double vaxxed. Rangers agreed to this but said that we'll need to house our season ticket holders in the away section so that we can't offer away tickets to Ross County, which they agreed with. Of course, this was spun in the media that we refused them tickets, so it's either complete guesswork from the media or complete lies, so I'll, I'll hedge my bets and guess it's the latter of they too. It was a 3pm kickoff on a Sunday anyway, you'd be lucky if there was around about 100 Ross County fans travelled anyway, so it was a bit of a, a non-story, but as usual, anything to paint Rangers in a bad light. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so there was five changes from the Bromby game. As I said in the post-match, I don't know if that was due to try to freshen the team up or giving kind of first-team fringe players a, a better run out, and maybe because we're no disrespect playing the bottom of the table. So I don't know what that was because of. There was also a minute silence to remember those that sacrificed their lives in battle as well, and impeccably observed as you would expect by Rangers fans. Yep, definitely. Yep. So we lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Balligan, Bassey, Aribo, Lundstrom, Bakuna, Hadji, Sakala and Kent. On the subs bench we had McLaughlin, Jack, Patterson, Kamara, Morelis, Roof and Arfield. And that was another formidable bench, isn't it? It's a fantastic bench. Now again, Derek, this is what we were, we're talking talk about. We're starting to see our players coming back for injury. Strength and depth 
you know, it's it's going to be like massive for us. And just like in the last game, there it just shows that making a, a couple of subs at the right time can change the you know the entire game for us. Yeah, absolutely. So the first half, I might as well recite the last week's first half review of the Motherwell game as it was more or less a carbon copy. Dare I say it, a carbon copy of most <laughs> games this season. From the off, there was only one team in it. We were passing oh. it about well, completely dominant. And then a mistake in midfield led to our downfall. Ross County ended up going 1-0 up on the fifth minute. Hadji in the middle of the park with a really heavy pass back to Lundstrom. I don't know what he was passing back for in the first place. It was poor control by Lundstrom. A lot of people blaming him, but I don't really no. blame him that much. It was, it was just a poor pass back. It was, yep. The ball hits off him right into the path of the Ross County player who takes it forward. A lovely through ball. I think it was maybe just offside. Uh, however, I can't really tell because the Rangers TV replays are utter shite. Yeah. Uh, and he was completely in space in box. Too many players try to claim offside and the attacker slots it through the legs of McGregor. So ultimately, another comedy of errors right from the bad pass back to the, the poor control by Lundstrom to the offside that quite possibly could have been given, but the players are not playing to the whistle. And then criminal, the fact that nobody's tracking his run in the first place. It was just, it was calamitous again, Derek, wasn't it? I mean, I know Kevin Thompson was doing the co-commentary for for Rangers TV. He was adamant that it was offside, but regardless, the nonchalant defending again when the player ran through, I was like, for God's sake, just somebody run to him, at least to put him off. But no, it was a shocking pass by Hadji. I thought Hadji had a really poor, poor game in this game, Derek, considering the impact he had in the last game. I thought he would have been one of the star players, but it, by his standards, I thought he was poor throughout this game. He gave the ball away quite a few times, but that was a shocking ball up to, to Lundstrom. There was nothing more that Lundstrom could have done. He would have had to have jumped about eight foot in the air to get that un, un, under control. It was hit at so much power and so high towards him. He couldn't control it. As you say, it fell to their player, and it was just a simple ball through. The guy... Walked, but you know, through and into the defence, offside or not, and McGregor, you know, ran out and he just sort of calmly slipped the ball underneath him in the back of the net. It was just so lackadaisical. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? And I think McGregor could have done a lot better as well. It shouldn't be getting put through his legs of a, a keeper that quality. Yep, de- de- definitely. That's what I'm saying. Through the whole, the, 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 there's none of them that, that we can say can get a pass there at all. And again, I was just annoyed the fact that the defence never even put him under any pressure for him to run through. It was so easy for him to do it. And I think we, we all knew the timing of the game, you know, that we were going to come back. I don't think there was anybody out there thought the game was going to be in danger. But against a much better standard the opposition and, you know, no disrespect to Ross County, but against a, a, you know, a much better opposition, we could have been in serious, serious bother there and it's these stupid mistakes again that are, that are costing us. Yep, can't disagree at all. No. However, we then regained our dominance without doing anything in the final third. Too many crosses or set pieces, not getting past the first man or not finding their intended recipient. And then... We scored on the 19th minute with Aribo. It was a corner in from Tavernier on the right, finds a near post and a glancing header by Aribo into the far side of the goal. A great goal. Yep, very similar to the goal 
the winning goal that he scored against Celtic last season, Derek at the near post. I think it's something that, that must practice on in training because it was, you know, a great position for him. As you say, he got the glance and header perfect there and into the back of the net. So, you know, great that we were back on, on level terms, you know, early on. I think we were all expecting it, but uh, really should have been us gone 1-0 up at that stage rather than being 1-1. Yeah, and then we started to assert ourselves more, put the keeper under pressure a wee bit there, made a few saves right out of mind you. On the 29th minute, it was a lovely worked ball from Lundstrom, leading the ball off to Hadji, who has a stunning layoff to Sakala in the middle of the box, and the defender just manages to get a toe to the ball and directs it past the right post, nearly an OG, and it went out for the corner. The resulting corner, however... We made it 2-1 with Ryan Kent scoring an absolute worldie. Yep. Ball, the ball was initially cleared after the corner. It finds its way to Kent on the left. He picks up the ball, cuts inside, finds space past the defender, and then hits a stunning 25-yard shot on the left side, which took a last-minute dip past the keeper. Unbelievable goal. <laughs> Incredible goal, Derek. It really was. You just knew, as soon as he got the ball at his feet, he was going for this one, one way or another. And what a way to score. You know, in your first full game back for the team after being out injured, it was absolutely tremendous. I watched it go in the first time. I thought there must be a deflection there for the way that that's dipped. And when I look back, there was nothing like that at all. I don't know how the hell he, he, he struck it like that, Derek, but for, it, for him to hit it so hard, poker straight for it to go up and then dip down at the bottom. Absolutely phenomenal technique and a tremendous goal for him. You saw how much it meant to him. He ran straight to the dugout, didn't he? Took his plaudits for the management team and, you know, it was just great to see. Fantastic to have Ryan Kent back. Yep, absolutely. So ultimately, that's how the first half ended up. We again, you know, tried to have a few more chances and just couldn't get past the keeper there. However, Really, in the second half, we wanted to get the third goal, put the game completely to bed and cut out the silly mistakes. And we kind of done the first part of that right anyway, because in the 49th minute, we made it 3-1 with Bakuna scoring. It was a stunning team goal, very tight one-touch play on the left corner of the Ross County box, ending a Sakala to Bakuna, who plays a 1-2 with a rebound to make space while running into the box. One touch to make more space from him, and the second touch is a superb shot past the keeper. And it was Bakuna's first goal for the club as well. Tremendous goal, Derek. You know, again, he's not had many opportunities, has he? And we've been desperate to see what this guy's all about. He was kind of playing just to the right-hand side of the midfield three in the game, but I think he kind of they, they, they changed it about a wee bit going in, into the game. But absolutely fantastic. Again, he just knew that he was going to try and get a strike off as soon as he got the ball, raced forward. Great control and a fantastic strike by him as well. Absolutely d- delighted for him g- getting his first goal as well. Here's hoping again. That's the start of many for, for for a guy like that. And I think that's the type of player that Stephen Gerrard knew that he could be a sort of goal scoring mid- midfielder. So here's hoping that's the start of many, Derek. Yeah, on the 60th minute we made it 4-1 and it was an OG a rebo on the edge of the box on the right feeds it to the overlapping Tavernier who plays a first time cross hits off the defender who had stuck his leg out and into the back of the net the defender had to go for it so you can't really yep. blame him for that but as I said I don't care how they go in as long exactly. as they go in definitely yep, yep. D- d- delighted with that and d- delighted with the scoreline Derek Yep. 60th minute as well, just after that Kent came off and Roof came on, so he got a good ovation there. 71st minute Balligan and lunched them off, Patterson and Jack came on, and if Kent got a good ovation, Jack certainly got an outstanding one. Yeah, definitely again, a guy who's had major struggles, Derek, and we're talking about sort of 
defensive players. He certainly was when he was fully fit. He was a, you know, the Mr. D- defensive midfielder, wasn't he? You know, there was nothing much got past him. You know, Steven Gerrard ranks him incredibly highly. I think Steven Gerrard is wanting him to be more of a sort of box-to-box player, but certainly in the big games, Derek Ryan, Jack, fully fit, you would have him in your team, so delighted that he's back. Just hope there's no more set- setbacks now, and that's him finally on the road to recovery. Yes. So, we kind of played out the game, we've played still quite high tempo, we're still looking for more goals, which was good to see. The last 5-10 minutes of the game, however, we did drop the pace and that's how we made another mistake because in the 86th minute, Ross County made it 4-2. It was a simple through ball down the right side of our box, the defence asleep, a one-touch play shot past McGregor and into the back of the net. Poor all round again, again, I think McGregor could have done a lot better. It's again, it was just sort of a lapse in co- concentration again, Derek. As you say, the, the pace had just dulled at that point, and players were just sort of playing the ball about. There was no real conviction in anything at all, and it's just poor, poor to see. I mean, that was a chance for us to get our goal difference up, which is what we're needing to do, and losing another silly goal like that again, just, it's just poor, Derek, and sort of takes the shine off what would have been a fantastic result, didn't it? Yeah, so happy with the three points, but again, it's one thing given the fact that Celtic won four two as well. Yeah, we never clawed back any goal difference, and I know it's really points that counts, but it's going to be the, the case this season where it could be that it's the whoever's got the least worst defence that that ends up winning the league, and it's every goal is vital, both scored and both conceded as well. So it's something that is really disappointing their defensive slackness this season. However. In the table, we've played 13-1-9, drawn 3, lost 1, scored 29, conceded 13, goal difference 16, and we're on 30 points. We're 4 points ahead of Celtic, 6 ahead of Hearts, 9 ahead of Dundee United, 12 ahead of Motherwell, and 15 ahead of Hibs, who have got 2 games in hand, which is uh, we'll get into later on in the, in the yeah. news. However, it just shows you that a few weeks ago, we were more or less on the same points as Hearts and Hibs. Dundee United were creeping up there as well. And look at the gap already. Exactly, the other teams, yeah. the other teams, unless they get a major investment of cash, they will never have the sustaining power to, to match Rangers or Celtic. And that's one thing when we were drawn level with them at one point, you know, people were bumping their gums a bit. They will never have the sustaining power to, to maintain a challenge for the full for the full season. So that's why I was never concerned about that at all. No, no, I, I was the same, Derek. And as I say, what is pleasing me the most at the moment, and we spoke about it a couple of times, is the strength of our bench now, Derek. That is now that's now going to be major, major plus point for us now, is the fact that we are now getting our full squad back to full fitness. I mean, really, you're really only talking Hellander now, really to have a full squad back and that's huge for us that is huge that is going to be the difference between you know losing games and drawing games or drawing games and winning games is the fact that we're getting all these players back now this is a a, a huge thing I'm feeling very optimistic about it I know you're not because you're Mr Doomsday but (laughs) I am I'm feeling very optimistic about the league now. I'm not going to make any stupid bold predictions, but I'm just going on the facts here that we've got all, you know, we're getting all our top players all back. They're all fighting for a place in that team, which is great. And if things aren't going well, we have the personnel to change the game completely sitting on the bench. So this is this is huge for us. 
and uh, long long may it continue, Derek. This is this is what I'm wanting us to, to, to see us go go on now. Start find the forum that we had last season, having all these players there, if things are not working out, being being able to change it very quickly. That's what you know I think is going to be a huge thing for us now. Yeah. So into the final international break of the, the qualifiers here. I think there's two games to play for, for most teams. The only players that I can think of that are not travelling this time is Balogun and Aribo and Morelos. So I'm not too sure if everybody else is, who has pre- played before is travelling. However, as Gerard said in the, the last presser there is that they know what their bread and butter is the semi-final that's up and coming after that. So, you know, go out and enjoy, enjoy yourselves in internationals. However, take care of yourself. So yeah. that's that certainly goes for, for a lot of our important players there. Next game we've actually got to play though is Sunday the 21st of November that's at Hamden against Hibs in the League Cup semi-final, that's a 4pm a kickoff. so we need a cup this year, that's I think one of the main things and it's the first Definitely. chance first chance we've got to win one so plus as well Hibs not having played for a few weeks up until that point will, will be a probably good for us as well then it's into Thursday the 25th of November it's at home against Sparta Prague in the Europa League Group A Game 5 that's an 8pm kickoff. Uh, as I said we've covered that there it's going to be a difficult game however if we cut out the silly mistakes you know you never know what might happen Sunday the 28th of November it's away to Livingston in the Premiership that's a midday kickoff. unfortunately I will be missing that game because I am away out on a day out with that one so Dave you're on, on duties that day and I think I'm working. I'm night shift, but I'll be getting up. I'll, I'll, I'll be getting up to watch it, Derek. But it might be a, a, a late post-match reaction, unfortunately, for for that one. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Yep, and then going into December, Wednesday the first of December is away against Hibs in the Premiership, and that's our 1945 kickoff. So important games to come up after yes. the international break. Definitely. So we'll now go into the classic match. And then it is the final gone. Rangers have won the European Cup Winners' Cup. Dave, you've got a classic match. I certainly have, Derek. I wanted to go and try and find a game where we won some, some silverware under the late great Walter Smith and I stumbled across, you know, a, a season for, for us, Derek, that could have been the greatest season of all time in Rangers history. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out like that. It was still a fairly successful season. Of course, I'm talking about the season 2007 into 2008. Rangers, at this stage, were playing their 68th competitive match. It was the possible quadruple. It was the fourth game that we'd played in eight days. Rangers had injuries galore this season. It was quite incredible. I mean, you can remember it gone, uh, Derek, but we got to the Scottish Cup final that season. We, it wasn't the sort of gla- glamour match, you know, and again, no d- disrespect to our opponents, but we were playing Queen of the South in the Cup final. Everybody was expecting Rangers to go out and steamroller them. It didn't quite turn out like that, but thankfully we did get the Cup in the end. Now, the Rangers team on that day was Neil Alexander and goals Whitaker, Queller, Weir and Papach at the back, McCulloch, Ferguson, Kevin Thompson, Demarcus Beasley in midfield, Chris Boyd and Jean-Claude Darshville. Now this was Demarcus Beasley's first game for Rangers in six months. He had been out injured. He had been an influential player up until he got injured, Derek. You know, he'd been very successful for us. He had a fantastic game in, 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 in this, this one as well. So early stages of the game, there actually wasn't much happening. You could tell that Rangers 
We're looking quite jaded and quite tired in, in this match. Queen of the South, you know, on, on the other hand, had had two weeks off prior to this game, so they were well up for it. They had been training and getting all the, the rest and relaxation in before this match. So, so, so they looked the, the sprightlier of the two teams. But the early stages, Queen of the South are putting all their men behind the ball, as you would expect. Rangers not really doing much in the game. There was a sort of very animated Ali McCoy's down in the side of the park, right next to the microphone. And the the language that was coming out of Ali's mouth was very colourful. He wasn't, wasn't happy at the way that Rangers were playing. But it was quite untidy at that, uh, at that point. Nothing really happening within the first 20 minutes. But then in the 22nd minutes, it was really the first chance for Rangers. A cross in from Beasley on the left-hand side. McCulloch was up for the header. It was cleared to the edge of the box to Kevin Thompson, who takes the shot first time just wide of the post. Unlucky there. Two minutes later, though, a great chance. The ball won in midfield. Played forward for Chris Boyd in the edge of the box. He sees Beasley on his inside. He puts the side pass. Beasley takes a touch into the box. It shoots just wide off the post. Really should have scored there. Fantastic chance for Rangers. Then just two minutes after that, we're really put, putting the pressure on. Demarcus Beasley was our main man at this stage. He puts a cross in for the left wing. Chris Boyd, the diving header, right on the penalty spot. He stooped right down. It was like shin, shin height. I don't know why he just didn't volley it in. But tried to tried to header it. Not quite sure what he was thinking about, and the ball sort of bounced and goes o- o- over the bar again. Guilt edge chance there for Rangers. But on the thirty third minute, we did take the lead. It's going to be teed up here for Chris Boyd. Oh, magnificent goal! A goal worthy of any occasion, and in the one hundred and twenty third Scottish Cup final. Rangers top four scorer this season with a beauty. Well, looking for Scott Sierra. Queen of the South got five in the wall. They have Robert Harris charging in. He's trying to get out as quickly as he can. And although that's the side of the goal that Jamie McDonald is responsible for, he can't save that. He can't be expected to save that. Always moving away from him. And Chris Boyd has caught it absolutely flush. The ball was played up to Demarcus Beasley at the edge of the box. He was fouled. It's a free kick to Rangers and Chris Boyd steps up. The ball's laid off from Barry Ferguson and Chris Boyd just lashes the ball right into the top right-hand corner of the goals. An absolute belter of a goal to make it 1-0 to Rangers. Ten minutes later, we scored our second. And towards the weir. So Connor who manages to get it partially away. And Thompson and McCann have missed it. Beasley, 2-0. Demarcus Beasley, who missed a great chance when it was 0-0, was making no mistake here. Just a lack of communication between Jim Thompson and Ryan McCann. It's a bread and butter clearance, this. Why I'm not so back into the mix. Thompson's coming on to him. McCann has to get himself out of the way. And Beasley's got time to get his head up and just use the inside of his foot. Gets a little bit fortunate, he was under Jamie McDonald. But Ryan McCann has to allow Jim Thompson to come and head that the way he's facing. And looking at that replay, Jamie McDonald should do much better. Demarcus Beasley, corner for the left. It was headed out, put back in. It wasn't dealt with by anybody. Then Demarcus Beasley had run in from the corner flag into the box. The ball had made its way down. 
It got past, and the defender cleared it only as far as Demarcus Beasley, and he just thrashed the ball low into the back of the net to make it 2-0. Well deserved by Beasley, like I said, by far our best player at that stage. And that was half-time. Rangers on easy street. Derek play the game out in the second half, I thought, and we would get the 2-0 victory. But that was not to be because Queen of the South were up for a cup shock and only five minutes into the second half, they pulled one back. John Stewart. Doobie. Into the path here of O'Connor. And he's got away from Quayon! A goal! Stevie Tosh has Queen of the South back into this final. Well, O'Connor does absolutely brilliant. I'm just surprised he doesn't go down here as his challenge from Quayer. Decided to stay in his feet and totally justified. Once he gets in here, he needs a midfield runner. And once again, it's Stevie Tosh. I don't know what part of the anatomy he's going with, but it's incidental. Could have been right back in the game. Stephen Doby, who was probably the most well-known player, he jinked through a through ball to the byline. It was cut back and then bundled in past the defender and Neil Alexander in goals and that made it 2-1 to Rangers and then unbelievably only three minutes later Queen of the South get their equaliser quite incredible Harris takes the free kick in towards Thompson unbelievable 37 year old Jim Thompson the Queen of the South skipper Free kick for the right wing, the ball was placed in and the defender just jumped up in front of everybody, headed the ball in. You know, he had two Rangers defenders there, Coquella and Weir, and he managed to just overpower the two of them. Headed the goal in, really poor, poor marking. And Rangers, you know, everybody thought that the cup upset was on. Rangers jaded, you know, we couldn't, you know, might, might not be able to get back in. We really needed to find some forum. But Walter Smith down, given instructions, the players could see how upset he was at that stage. A bit of a kick up the backside and a re- immediately really should have scored straight away. Beasley, a long cross for the left wing, headed back across the goal by Lee McCullough to Jean-Claude Darchville. He shoots, it's heading for the net, but defender manages to get in and blocks it on the line. Really unlucky there. 59th minute, long-range shot for Lee McCulloch, a fantastic save by the goalkeeper. Rangers really going for it here, trying to get the winner. Then our main man again at this game, Demarcus Beasley on the left-hand side, beats his man, puts the cross in, header for Chris Boyd, thought it was in the back of the net, just over the bar, constant pressure, and then thankfully on the 72nd minute, Rangers managed to retake the lead. Rangers corner. I've got the heads and in. Rangers back in front. Chris Boyd finding room. And his powerful close range header giving Jamie 
chance. That's a super header. Because he doesn't really get one of this, Chris Boyd. He's up off the back foot. I just wonder if the ball's long enough in the air for Jimmy McDonald to come off his line and try and get something on that. And when he does it, he's relying on his, his defenders. And Boyd, from a standing start, gets up magnificently. It was a corner. Again, I've said his name I don't know how many times. Demarcus Beasley from the left-hand side, right into the box. Chris Boyd standing with a defender right on him, but he wasn't going to get it. Boyd was in there first. Bullets the header past the goalkeeper. That makes it 3-2. Excellent. The Rangers were back in at this stage. Then, as I say, man of the match for me, Beasley. He comes off for Steve Davis on the 75th minute. And then 79th minute, Boyd really should have had his hat trick. Ball crossed in from Papach on the left. Boyd unmarked in the box. Header. Great save by the goalkeeper. Unfortunately, it managed to get it away. Still 3-2. And then the last chance from Rangers. 85th minute corner in from the right. Davy Weir wins the header. It bounces back to Jean-Claude Darsville. He's held back. Tries the overhead kick over the bar. Clearly held back there. It was a penalty for me. Referee didn't give it. But from then on, Rangers held, a, held the ball. Saw the game out. And Rangers got another piece of silverware. Thankfully, that season... The season that could have been it all for us, Derek. We could have ended up with four trophies. We ended up with two in the end. Really unlucky. It was a season that we'll all remember. We know what we were all up, up against, both on the field and off the field. There was a lot of questions that should have been asked about that season. There was a lot of people in, the, in power that were determined for us that we weren't going to uh, get, get the success we needed. I could rhyme off quite quite a few things that happened in that season for us that didn't go our way. But it's one of these things that's in the past now, Derek, but just great to see Rangers lift another bit of silverware and especially Walter Smith as well. And, you know, a player that we've not spoken a lot about over the years, Demarcus Beasley, who you know had a, a short, relatively successful time at the club, but certainly that game he was absolutely fantastic considering he'd been out for so long. So again, if you get the chance to go back, it was a, a bit of a, a cup classic there, and uh, just pleased to relive that game. Yeah, I mean that's the thing as well. People for that season deem that season is largely a failure because we never won the league or we never won ended up winning the Europa League as well. But we still won two trophies and that's the thing that people forget about, I think. Yeah, no, it is, Derek. As I say, I know that they were the, the two tr- trophies that weren't deemed as the, the two important ones. Of course, they weren't considering the position that we were in. But as I say, Derek, the things that went against us, especially in the league, you know, we've spoke about it numerous times. There were powers at B, Derek, that did everything that they could to stop us being successful that season. A lot of decisions that were made off the field against Rangers, which should never have been made. That, along with the amount of injuries that we had. I mean, there was a player dropping out injured every single game at one point when we, when we were on that run. So to get to that stage to get to that amount amount of games with relatively not a lot of money, Derek. Let's be perfectly honest, because in that stage, uh, when Walter Smith came back, there had hardly been any money spent on the on, on the Rangers team. He'd managed to go out and, and get yourself a band of warriors, really, guys that, you know, would uh, run through walls for the club. And that was, you know, what was a you know huge success for, for, for Walter Smith. He seemed to thrive on that when we weren't, 
you know, we, we, we didn't have any big names in that, that Rangers team then, really. And it was just all down to hard work and grit and determination. And, uh, you know, it was great great to see Derek. Great, great memories, even although we never won the UEFA Cup that year. But, you know, so, so some of the memories for that season I'll, I'll, I'll live for a long, long time. Certainly will. So, Dave will have another classic match in the next episode. So, we'll now go into the news. So as ever, quite a few things to cover here. First one, obviously, we've got to cover is the story that came out a couple of days ago, and that is the accounts. Now, Andy McGowan of Heart and Hand done a proper breakdown of it, and it's better than I could ever do. On the face of it, it does look pretty bad. However, when you dig deeper into it, as Andy has done, it's not as bad as it seems, I don't think. £23.5 million losses, and that's kind of thing, I think covering up to the 30th of June this year, I think. We need another £7.5 million before the end of the season. However, COVID accounts for around £10 million of that £23.5 million loss. Then if you add in things like one-off costs, like £4.5 million spent on stadium improvements, a £6 million loan repayment to Dave King, then you can see how that the losses are not as bad as the headline figures. Obviously, there was a fan share issue a few months ago there. That was raised £4.5 million. That will be included in next year's accounts. Obviously, you know, going through the losses season after season is unsustainable. However, the three bears... I've reiterated that they've seen this as a 10-year project in 2015 and they, they, they seem to be fairly happy and that we're on track and they seem to be fairly happy to sh- to fund the shortfall in the in the meantime. The key points on the whole accounts, I would have said, however, is that the front-loading of investment seems to be working. We're getting success with it and we are turning around quicker than what we expected. Obviously, COVID notwithstanding. The Champions League money next season is absolutely imperative. Yep. It puts us in profit before you look at even anything else there. We've got private equity and family investors lined up provide to provide a debt facility as well as a commercial unsecured debt facility lined up with a major high street bank as well. Now, high street banks are not getting in tow with football clubs on the whole just now. However, the fact that they have on this occasion and it's they've allowed unsecured you know, a debt facility, that is mega. The fact yep. that we, there's no securities on that, that is incredible, that one there. So it just shows you that we are going in the right direction there. Undoubtedly, players will be sold. That's the, the last of the four pillars that we have yet to utilise so far. Given how important Champions League football is, however, I'm not sure that we'll actually see players go in January unless it's mega buck deals that were, you know, the 20, 30 million pound. But I don't think we're going to get that anyway, given the fact that our form hasn't been stellar this season, especially in Europe. Yeah, trying to think of players that they would be prepared to sell Derek and Again, it's it's a bit of a d- double-edged sword for us because winning the league is imperative. You've said that. I mean, that is the, the, the most important thing. I know we're talking about going a stage further th- this season in Europe. To me, winning the league is by far the most important thing for us because we know that there is a very good chance that we could be playing Champions League football next season. And that is what the ultimate goal should be, both commercially, you know, financially and for, you know, the status of the club to be playing there, that is by far the most important thing. And dare I say it, Derek, if it meant us not doing so well in other competitions, but definitely winning the league, 
I would I would t- take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean that's one thing. But say we lose in the semi final, then that's not going to be seen that way, is it, Dave? So it's it's well, Rangers we expect to win I everything. Know. I and know. And- we can't really prioritise that way. We've got to do well in every single competition. That, but I, I do not understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. I just think people were putting that onus on Europe last year, which I completely disagreed with because it's the reason why we're getting players. It's the reason why we got a lot of money in as well. Which on that note as well, I think we made about £11 million last year all in from, from Europe, even though we never had uh, any any fans in the stadium. That is obviously going to be significantly less than next season because we've been so poor and we haven't got all the wins. I mean, in the group stages last year, four wins, two draws. So far, we've only got one draw and one win. So you can see there's going to be a massive reduction in money. I think, though, that, that they have changed the way the, the funding structure. So you are actually getting more per appearance, per, per win yeah. as well. So yeah, it is going to drop next year unless we do something major and actually win the competition this year. So. <laughs> But anyway, the other one thing is the Castor deal. I haven't, you know, really covered that because maybe questions will be asked of Castor at the AGM, which is to be held on the 30th of November at the Armadillo at 10.30am. Yes, definitely, Derek. I think there's a lot of people, there's been a lot of things on social media there, people asking exactly what's going on. Certainly, uh, as a, a fan base, we have been extremely loyal. I think the guys at Castoro but absolutely delighted with the amount of stuff that's been uh, sold. But I think we're just need a wee, wee bit more clarification there, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, whether we'll get it, I don't know, because it's a commercial deal, so they'll be protected yeah. in some way, so I don't know. Have you bought your Castor smoking jacket and uh, <laughs> hus- husky boot shit, Derek, for the, for, for the winter or not? Not quite, but I did see though that there was uh, monks in the the superstore at um, Ibrox the other day. So I'm waiting on my uh, orange robe to to Castor branded robe to to come. Yeah, out it's the the Castor Shaolin monk <laughs> branded sandals. I think that's yes. I think that's maybe what you're looking for. They've maybe missed a trick there, Derek, because they've certainly brought out an outfit for every other occasion in the year. <laughs> so, uh, but as I say. If it's got Castor and a Rangers badge on it, I'm sure you would see a lot of the bears out there with the orange Buddhist monk robes on it, Ibrox and stuff like that. If it was if it was there to buy, so uh, only three hundred pound, Derek. So I'm sure there'll be folk who definitely go and buy that. Yeah. Next story here is that the clubs in the Premiership will be voting at the start of next year to bring VAR into the Scottish game. So it's apparently going to cost around £60,000 per season per club. I don't think that's that expensive to, to no. Premiership clubs at least. I'm still undecided on it, to be honest. I would rather that we put more into getting refs to be full-time, to be honest. It also wouldn't stop the Moonhillers claiming that it was biased against them because they'll just say that instead of the refs that are pro-Rangers, it's going to be the VAR panel that are pro-Rangers. <laughs> so they just It's transference, that's all it'll be. So I really don't care that way. Next story here. Surprise, surprise, but Slavia Prague are again at the heart of a new racism route with their assistant boss being accused of giving the monkey jibe to an opposition player in a domestic game. But of course... Slavia and their coach in question have denied the accusation. Yeah, they've defended the assistant and they've branded the player a liar. The assistant basically went on to use the defence of, well, I've got foreign friends. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, and they'll have done what they did before. They'll have wheeled out one of the black players to come out and say, you, you know, when they were making these statements, just like they did the last time when it was against us. It's, does, it really doesn't surprise me at all, Derek, and it doesn't surprise me the reaction either. No, absolutely not. 
So, Dave, did you know who Ben Kensell is from Hibs? Ben Kensell. I might be pronouncing his name wrong, but, you know, I don't care at this point. Because it seems the the new Hibs chief has outed himself as a Rangers-hating bigot. And again, proof that Rangers and our fans will get the blame for absolutely anything. Hibs have been left decimated with positive COVID cases. And they've they've obviously had two games postponed and running so far. In a bit of a garbled message, he claimed that his players and staff had done nothing wrong and he, and he said, firstly, I look at the source of the information and it unsurprisingly comes from the blue side of Glasgow, yeah. which is a point of speculation in itself. I'm really not sure how true this, this next part is. However, what I've heard is the outbreak has stemmed from Hibs staying at a hotel in Inverness and the players were not wearing masks, etc. around the state, around the, the hotel and supposedly a Rangers fan staying in the hotel as well, whistle blew on them. Well, if that's the case, I'm not sure if Kensell is unhappy at getting caught or unhappy it was a Rangers fan that caught him. So I don't know what he was talking about there. However, Hibbs did have to issue a hurriedly clarified comment and say the next day saying that he wasn't blaming Rangers or their fans. So I don't know what he was on about there. It did bring around another question though that why they were allowed to postpone their games and not have to forfeit games like other teams have had to do or even play a week inside because Hibs I think were the beneficiaries of Celtic having to do that last season after their Dubai trip so I think Hibs have got away lightly there How, has, has there been any clarification as to that was because as soon as I heard that as well Derek that was my reaction also and there seems to have been no explanation given as to why they were allowed to do that I've no idea. I really don't know because obviously Celtic had to play a weakened team and then I think because of alleged discrepancies that uh, I think was it Kelly and Motherwell or something like that they done last year as well. They were getting they had to forfeit the games as well. So I, I don't know if that got rescinded or not. I really don't know. Um, it's just you know, typical SFA. They allow yeah. anybody they like to do anything they want unless it's Rangers. Right, exactly. So next story here. More uh, officials from clubs at it again where the St Bernard chairman has been hit with three charges of breaching SFA disciplinary rules over his comments made about Rangers and our fans. So the hearing is going to be held on the 2nd of December. It'll be interesting to see what the outcome of that. So that was obviously the the comments we mentioned last episode with him commenting on Twitter. So uh, I'm glad that the SFA are actually charging them with, with breaches there, but... Whether there'll be any punishment, I don't know, because certainly if that was, see, our chairman, there would be calls for him to resign on the spot. Exactly. And and again, Derek, another person, just like the last uh, story that you had there, another person in power in a club in Scottish football having a wee dig and saying unflattering things about uh, our team and our our support as well. There's a lot of people getting outed. I'm quite glad about that. So it's been going on for a long time. Last story I've got here is Rangers are to be given zero tickets for the 2nd of January Old Firm game at Parkhead. It follows Celtic getting no tickets for the game at Ibrox a few months ago. There was one big difference though. Red zones were enforced on us back then and they ain't now. It was always going to happen, this tit-for-tat pettiness with, with Celtic. At the time of the red zones, we had to house our season ticket holders in that area somewhere and it was the norm across the country not giving away tickets so that season ticket holders, when you've got sellouts like that, they can be housed somewhere. Some piped up that we had given tickets to away fans for a Euro game and a cup game as well in the, the League Cup that had red zones. However, it was the case that the games were not sellouts so we could actually move the season ticket holders to other places in the stadiums and not their traditional away section 
for my understanding is with Celtic not given a justifiable reason for for not giving us uh, away tickets, they'll be likely breaking SPFL rules. So I'll be interested to see how that one turns out, or if they rescind that order not to give us uh, any tickets at all. Or what spin that they put on it, Derek? They're bound to find some sort of excuse that that, that, that they'll use, you know, to, to say that they're not going to do that. So, I we'll, we'll wait and see what pans out with that one. Yeah. So, girl had sex with a guy she met on Tinder. He pooed himself during it, and it smelt so bad. And she was the one who had to clean it up. <laughs> Derek, this is sounding not, not quite as perverse, but this is still sounding like the story that we were speaking about before we started the <laughs> podcast. A girl was left horrified when a guy she met on Tinder came over to her house for the first time and pooed midway through the pair having sex. Sharing the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened while doing the deed, the girl recalled how the boy, who she had never met before, outstayed his welcome after pooing the bed and even left his mess for her to clear up. Shut the bed! (laughs) Revealing all on TikTok, the girl joked she had previously promised herself that she would never share the grim story before having a change of heart. In a series of videos she posted onto social media, she revealed, 18-year-old me invites a white rich boy I found on Tinder over to my house that I had never met before. Dumb. I was very bad at life at that age. I was very, very dumb. He comes over. We're doing it. It's whatever. Not great. Not bad. He starts to, you know, and then he starts screaming at the top of his lungs while he, you know, starts grabbing his leg. And I'm like, oh, he's having a Charlie horse, which is apparently American for crap. Charlie horse (laughs) having a Charlie horse cramp he's grabbing his leg screaming screaming and then I start to smell something and I'm like what is that confused the girl initially thought the smell was coming from her cat she continued I'm looking around to check my cat isn't in the room and just use the litter box because I'm like this smells like fucking shit he looks up at me and goes I just shot myself And and I was like, what do you mean? Like, right here, right now? And he's like, yeah, in your bed. (laughs) Naturally, those who came across her video were just as horrified at the revelation and urged the girl for more details. In the follow-up video, she shared that the guy asked if he could use the shower before leaving his grim mess for her to clean up, despite... (laughs) despite her leaving him bin bags to throw away the soiled sheets. He was like, do you have a towel? And I was like, for the shit. And he said, no, I was going to take a shower. This is the first time I've ever met this boy, so I get him a towel and go into my living room, thinking he's going to take a shower and then leave, she explained. I left the trash bag for him to put all the sheets in. That did not happen. I had to wear gloves and clean it up. He then gets out the shower and gets dressed. He sits down next to me on the couch and he's like, are we smoking? I'm like, bro, you just shut my bed. You should be leaving. Eventually, the boy finally leaves, and to add further insult to injury, he immediately blocked me on Tinder. She said, he's in my driveway. He must have blocked me as soon as he walked out my driveway because she went on to Tinder to screenshot all the info so he could roast them online. But he had bl- out of nowhere, he had blocked her. Shut the bed. I don't know what to say about that. That's like... <laughs> I'm getting getting visions of train spot and respond in the bed. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm getting visions of. What did you say she called it? A Charlie horse. A Charlie horse for getting cramp. (laughs) Charlie horse. Oh my goodness me. So on that horrible note, we will end the podcast. Exactly, yes. 
So, as ever, you can check out all our stuff on our website. Well, you can't really because I've not updated any of the season. However, it is iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com or you can go to all the usual podcast outlets as well as YouTube. So, Dave, yep. it'll be a couple of weeks by the time we're back because, obviously, the international break. So, uh, I've got a wee break for a change. Exactly. So, so have I, Derek. So, that'll give you plenty of time to go and be more Mr. Doomsday, I'm sure, Derek. <laughs> Absolutely. So, all that's left to say is thanks for listening and goodbye. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go.